Welcome to the Surviving Middle School Podcast. I am Mike Farah, father of Finnegan Farah, a seventh grader, and Elijah Farah, a fourth grader. And I'm Dee Dee Thomas, mother of Charles, who's in seventh grade, and Walker, a second grader. We are two New York City parents trying to manage the beautiful struggle of raising kids. Today, we are talking about death. This is a difficult topic in general. My experience is that people do not like talking about things that are difficult, especially with kids. And let's face it, usually we don't. We don't talk about death until we have to, until we are dealing with it personally, and then having to explain through our grief what's going on to our kids in a way that they can handle it. I had a recent death in my family. My father, Mike Farah Sr., uh, died in December, and I had to figure out immediately how to deal with a middle schooler and what kind of conversation I was going to have with him about death. And I think I made a few mistakes, but handled it pretty well. It started with me having to make an emergency flight to California. And I think Finn and Elijah realized pretty quickly that this was probably different than other times people had been sick. And so I uh, land in California and go straight to the hospital. And I did not immediately convey to my kids about the serious nature of my dad's sickness. I think I told them probably that Popsy was sick and that I was going to California to visit. I don't think I fully realized uh, how sick he was until I got there. Had he been sick before? Had was this an ongoing issue? No, this was not an ongoing issue. But one thing that helped me prepare with parental death actually was the fact that my dad had had two heart attacks okay. and colon cancer before. So this was kind of a place that I was a little bit familiar with and had prepared myself mentally before three times. But it's a little different when your dad walks into the hospital with kidney stones and you have to have a conversation with doctors about multiple organ failure and, mm -hmm. and how you have to have a conversation with your mom about setting up a DNR for your father or a do not intubate. And these are very, very difficult conversations to have with a 50-year-old man and his mother. And the question I had always was, how much information do I give Finn about the seriousness of the matter that uh, I was in California for? And so a week passes, and I know things are getting more serious. And when I talk to the boys every night by FaceTime, I kind of conveyed to them that Pops was tired and he was sick, but I didn't really explain to him until I had to have the actual conversation by FaceTime that told them that Pop had died. And I made an initial mistake in that when I had my first FaceTime conversation, I could see their faces and the reactions. And I said that Popsy had passed away. It was clear it didn't register in Elijah's face. So I immediately had to stop myself and say, Popsy died. Mm -hmm. And then you saw it immediately register with Finnegan, for sure, who started crying right away, which in retrospect, I was pretty happy about, which meant that he was experiencing emotion and clearly feeling it, which was good and not keeping it inside. Elijah kind of handled it like a nine-year-old, right. right? They processed death a little bit differently at nine years old compared to 12 years old. The conversation with Finn led to almost a conversation every day about what was going on and what he was feeling to try and test out where his emotions were. And it also meant a massive amount of uplifting of their lives and travel to the West Coast for right. the funeral. What kind of questions was he asking? I was talking about how Pop was 
comfortable and he wanted to know how it happened. And I kind of told him that he was surrounded by his two children and his wife, his grandmother. And then his heart stopped beating. And that was the conversation that I had with him. It was very direct about the intimate experience of being somebody who is in the last breaths of life. They had to fly out for the funeral and we had to make arrangements for them if they wanted to speak. They had not been to a funeral before, which was a new experience for them. I think Finn was struggling with whether he should see the body or not see the body. He chose not to and then regretted it. And then I informed him that it didn't look anything really like Pop. So it was fine if he didn't want to do it. I don't regret. It was not something he dwelled on a whole lot. Mm -hmm. I kind of told him just to try and remember Popsy the way he thought of Popsy. But it was clear during the services that as my wife Maya and I were on the altar at church preparing to say our eulogies that Finn was left alone in the pew and that is something that I had to try and correct from the altar that while children are struggling with this they should always be by the side of a parent one way or another just for the emotional and physical closeness and connectedness that they really need their parents quite a bit during this time. I was kind of grateful in some ways that my kids were in New York, in part because it meant that I could solely focus on my mother and mm -hmm. what she was going through. I was really grateful to Maya and the role that she had to play to step up to try and take care of the kids while she had to work and uh, the job that she did. But it's a stressful time. Uh, you know, it happened during the holidays, too, which I was lucky enough to be at home during the holidays when this happened and that I was constantly surrounded by family and your support structure that was there to try and help you with. I had had previous conversations with Finnegan and Elijah because my brother died when he was three and I was about Finn's age, probably 11 years old. So I had talked to them about what that experience was like for me as somebody going through it as a brother, losing a brother. It was not an easy experience, but again, they, they can't really understand what those emotions are like. Even when you're telling them how difficult it is, you kind of have to go through it yourself. One of the reasons why I spend my summers out in California living with my parents was so that my sons had a relationship with their grandparents. And so I was glad that Finn experienced that emotion, that he was able to experience it, because if you deprive your kids of that experience of emotion, then you're really doing them in some ways a disservice and not preparing them for life down the road. If you try and sweet talk the conversation about Popsy went away or he fell asleep, which is something psychologists definitely tell you not to do. Right. There's a lot of things you can do. And one of the things actually that we tried to do was in the funeral, if you give a child a role within the funeral, then it helps them process it a little bit that they somehow are participating or helping in the services. I think it also helped a little bit that tragically Finn has a cousin, a first cousin that also lost their grandparent the same week. So he had a cousin that was kind of going through the same thing that they were uh, at the same time. And so we were all kind of, the family was kind of racked with these feelings and emotions over a period of time. So it was a, he dealt with a lot of death over the course of uh, the holidays this year. My uncle passed away, my uncle Gerald, he passed away a little bit over a year ago. And I completely underestimated the connection that they had had. Uncle Gerald died from complications of pneumonia. He went into the hospital and everyone thought, oh, he'll be out of the hospital in a couple of days. And then he ended up staying longer. And then some of his organs started to fail, but it was a, a slow protracted march towards the inevitable. And so on the phone, I knew it was happening. 
And I knew that I knew it was inevitable, but I hadn't really discussed it with Charles and Walker that much. And when he did die and I was making the plans to go to New Orleans for the funeral, but I remember just saying to him, Uncle Gerald died and he just lost it and he was crying. And, and of course, that was the absolute worst, like no preparation. <laughs> we may have, you know, I may have mentioned it in the days before and, and we probably prayed for Uncle Gerald, but there wasn't like a... I did not handle it well. I just said it, and he he was crying, and it was, and I was like, "What's going on?" And I called my mom, and I said, "Mom, I really messed this up." I said, "I didn't know that they even that he even really knew Uncle Gerald that well." And she reminded me at spring break, we often go to my parents' house, and during the summer, we're there for at least a week in Houston. And Uncle Gerald was almost always there spending time in the summer in Houston, whether staying with my aunt or with a cousin of mine. So he was in Houston a lot during that time. And while I'd be inside enjoying the air condition <laughs> and the quietness of a house, Uncle Gerald was out in the backyard playing basketball with my kids. And I was just happy that it was quiet. But he was outside in the heat connecting with my kids and really connected with them. And I just never... I never appreciated that they had that bond until I just blurted out that he was gone. And I apologized, and then he had so many questions to ask about heaven, and was he going to heaven right away? It just kind of opened up a lot of anxiety that I could have handled a lot better if I had just eased him into the reality of, of death. Do they have questions about heaven? They do. So we go to church every week, and they both ask different questions. For example, Charles will ask anything from, what does heaven look like? He'll ask, is everyone going to the same heaven? Are his Jewish friends going to the same heaven that he's going to? He's asked me point blank if Adolf Hitler is going to be in heaven. All kinds of questions that I will answer. A lot of my answers, I start with, well, here's a fact. I don't know. I can tell you what I think. For example, with the Adolf Hitler question, I, I said to him, I don't know what was in Adolf Hitler's heart and mind at the time that he died. I know that he will be judged for his actions on earth, but I don't know where he was with God at the time of his death. So I can't tell you where he is. And if he had asked for forgiveness for his crimes and his sins, then it's up to God to accept that forgiveness, not me. And then I just <laughs> changed the topic. <laughs> yeah. But, How about that weather? Yeah. So those are the kind of questions. Wow, those are deep questions. Yeah. that I, We have not had deeper questions about heaven, in part because I think you have that regular experience on Sundays where they're in church talking about heaven and hell and forgiveness and what that means in their daily lives. So those are really interesting questions. It makes me think maybe I should probably have a follow-up conversation with them. Strangely, pop culture has a lot of things that they tell us about what heaven and hell is. And we started watching a show this week called The Good Place. I don't know if you've seen it before <laughs> I have or seen not. It, yep. And so I had to, we started watching it last night. And so it's going to start a conversation, I think, that we're going to have in the following weeks about what heaven is. And it's not necessarily a sitcom, right? But it's, I think it may have some questions for them. Yeah, when I think about how death is handled in pop culture overall, it it varies. And I know that there was one instance, and it should have prepared me better for my uncle for what happened with Uncle Gerald. But there was a book and a movie, The Bridge to Terabithia, and it is about these two kids, like that are eleven or twelve years old, 
they are bullied and they become friends and create this like magical imaginary world in the woods behind their homes. And it's a beautiful story and there is a tragic ending in the story. And I remember sitting on the couch watching this with Charles and I turned to him and he was, the tears were just pouring down his face. And it was a very poignant, very sad moment. And I think the first probably realistic, you know, we watch people get killed and shot and all the movies all the time. You can't but, watch TV yes, at all without but having to see them. this depiction of two characters that he cared about and to see it so realistically and dramatically portrayed really hit him. And to see that he had that kind of reaction made me understand how real it was for him. And I know that as as we get older, the inevitability of more people dying in our lives is, is going to happen. So Charles and Walker have all four grandparents? No, they have my two parents. Charles's parents passed away before they were born. Oh, they did? Yeah. Hmm. Finnegan and Elijah have a great-grandfather that's alive, 101. And I think I always anticipated that would be the conversation we were having yeah. before, that when we go visit him on his birthday in March in upstate New York, in part because we tell them, when you're 101, you never know uh, how long it's going to last. But we were jumped by the conversation, got to have it with a grandparent who they were very close to, and so it's been difficult. And for me growing up, parents' mortality was a very big fear in my life growing up as a kid. Why? Well, because I thought I had lost a brother, okay. and the thought of losing another member of my immediate family was something that caused fear or a little bit of anxiety in me. Also, strangely enough, it's also led to me trying to take better care of myself mm -hmm. so that I'm around longer for my kids and I'm able to see uh, more of the events in their lives as things go on. And I think there's things we could have done with grandparents that it reminds you that you need to keep trying to have those conversations with grandparents on a regular basis. Yes. That those conversations on Sundays or whenever you choose to have those grandparent conversations are really important as far as the emotional development of your child and will better prepare them for that day when when their grandparents do pass away. It will be more heart-wrenching, but more human at the same time. Yeah, I mean, one of the biggest gifts that you gave your kids was the time with their grandparents because they will have that forever and that won't change. It's a reminder for, for all of us. We get so bogged in in time and the boys are great about FaceTiming Granny and Grandpa but actually having a conversation. Charles has gotten a lot better at it. Walker, it's everything's excellent or everything's terrific, and then he's done. And just trying to get him to, to just to communicate and to hear a little bit of personality from Granny and Grandpa. Those are the moments that you can't, you can't replace those moments. So that's what we're just trying to continue to work on, just establishing that bond, which is hard via FaceTime or, or, or the phone, but at least we have FaceTime. That, that bridges the gap. I think about when I was a kid and it was the weekly phone call and it was just a phone call. And now there's so many ways to be able to see and connect that we got to take advantage of them. Yeah. The other thing that we've had in our house is I keep the mask or the funeral cards mm -hmm. from people that have died in my family on our bookshelf so that they're able to see regularly kind of visit the people that have been important in my life that had died. So they learn a little bit about their family history that they were not part of in some ways because they were not around for those. But it, it reminds them that there were people that were in my life that passed. You know, another thing that we did when I told my boys about 
their grandfather dying, Maya was kind of left holding the bag for all of the questions that may come up. And one of the things that we did while they were here is we wrote little experiences that the boys had with my dad on a wall. And the goal was to try and create some ways for them to talk about what they were feeling and put it on paper. And they wrote about little stories or experiences. And it kind of reminded me when you were talking about your uncle that there's a lot of small experiences that they have with other family members that we may not know about right that develops a connection with them and family members that gives your family strength that each family member has a unique relationship with your child that you may not even know about and it reminded me as well that I should probably make an effort to try and find points of connection with my nieces and nephews Mm -hmm. as time goes on because the little things that you talk about with your nieces and nephews can be really important because they're having serious conversations with an adult. One of the things that Finn wrote was that he always remembered that when my dad walked into the kitchen, he would always say to my mom when she was cooking, what's cooking good looking? (laughs) Every single time. And it's interesting that they're going to learn a lot about relationships, not just from your relationship with you and your wife, but also from your grandparents relationship and and how things are with them as well so it'll be very sad that finn lost that connection it was a a rapid departure from what the pop as we said the Mm -hmm. pop culture view of death watching superhero shows where 15 people die in an episode and you don't think twice about it nobody mourns them or hears their bodies away or treats them with respect and so it'll be interesting to see also this happened in december Oftentimes when you have a serious conversation with a child, you have to revisit the conversation and give it time for them to process. And something like this, I think, is going to take a little bit more time to process. And I'm probably just about the right time to have another conversation Mm -hmm. with Finn about how he's feeling about it or what he's experiencing or if he still thinks about pop. Um, Because I still think about him almost every day. I can't watch Finn's basketball game without thinking about sending my dad a clip of Finn playing basketball. So these are all important conversations to try and have with your child as as time goes by. And remember to continue the conversation. And I also remember, like, my best friend died in 2004. And Charles never had the opportunity to meet her. We have pictures of her in our home. And her, her daughter is my godchild. And when he asked me about Julie, I do often talk about her. But I know that his image of her is a whitewashed image of a, a few pictures that we have and nothing about how she was a part of the relationship that I have with my husband Charles, that she was there for those early days and, and why it was so important that she was my matron of honor. And for years, and even now, like I, I don't watch our wedding video because when I look back on it, like she was, we, we were married in April and she died in September. So to look at it, even on such a beautiful day, and that was a good day for her, but it was still a very painful day for her. I, I hate to look at it because I see how much pain she had just in walking down the aisle or just in sitting on the altar when we got married. So because of that, I haven't even shown the kids the wedding video because it brings back so many painful memories of it. But in this conversation now, I'm realizing that I need to be confronting that and not hiding from that pain that I have because them seeing that will not only give them a chance to see our wedding, but also we'll just see like how important she was to me. And even now I'm, I'm getting just upset talking about it. But we hide from death in so many ways. I just I'm hiding from the pain 
of that moment. And this is a chance that they could see how important she was to me by sharing those moments as opposed to my putting them on the the back burner. No, it's a great point. The more we have pre-conversations, the better it prepares us for the actual conversation and the better it prepares us for the post-conversation. The more you talk to your kids about the serious things in life, be it sex or religion, your kids will be better prepared to have these conversations going forward. They'll be better adjusted emotionally. And still we try and avoid them. And still we know that we'll get better outcomes the more we talk about them. Exactly. And it is one of those challenges of being a parent in modern society and generally thinking our kids are going to be okay. They're going to be all right without reflecting that we really have to do that work that, uh, that calls to us to be better parents in some ways. And as we both said, we both have a long way to go. We learned from our first experiences talking about death with our kids, talking about how we've experienced, in my case, the most recent death or past deaths that mm-hmm. have died. My cousins or my brothers or my grandparents is going to better prepare them to have a conversation about this death that we can reflect positively on the life of those people and the importance they had in our lives. And it's not always as bad as it is the first couple of weeks that happens that grief is an actual stage and there's going to be many other stages that they're going to go through and you have to make sure if I haven't had a conversation that if he's still struggling with it I don't really know if he's still struggling with it Mm -hmm. or not and I think I would have been able to tell if he was acting out or struggling or seemed generally sad in other ways but I don't know I'm going to have to touch base with him again uh, this week to try and see how he's doing about it Maybe if I tell him what I'm feeling mm-hmm. uh, about it, and then and we'll see if we can have a question that way. That's a start. Yeah. Well, that's it for today. Thank you for listening. Help us keep the conversation going and send us your questions to survivingmiddleschoolpod at gmail.com or visit us at survivingmiddleschoolpod.com. And check back with us next week or subscribe for our latest installment of Surviving Middle School.